0: All right, welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 18, is Episode 13. As, uh, management told me I had to actually do this part, so here we go! He's doing what I told him, sir. Hey! You shut your mouth, nerd! Oh, sir, he called me a nerd, when I am clearly a geek. All right, Bookside Jedi, written by Michael A. Stackpole, is, uh, 98. You got Jeff and John here, he's a couple of dorks. And, uh... The episode, they are accurately dorks, yes. The episode's called, uh... I, Vengeance. I, the night Batman thing. Alright, here we go. Hey, everyone, welcome back. It's ex- Founded Universe, the Star Wars Novel Discussion Podcast, with your hosts, I am John, and with me, as always, steady as a rock, Mm. my island, my shelter from the storm, Joff. (laughs) Hey, but my name's not Joff. (laughs) You've been hosting around. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I found that lipstick on your collar. You've been doing lipstick on collar reviews. <laughs> the flakes of pop filter on your shirt. <laughs> we don't have a red pop filter. Where did this come from? <laughs> it's true we don't. Sage Sage or one of my cats ate my bread my red pop filters. <laughs> so we're stuck with green and orange nowadays. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're uh we're rep Ireland nowadays. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've got that urn brew covered uh colored popsicle or microphone. Popsicle. 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 I don't know where that came from. I'm I, it was a, it was a long day. We're 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 uh, deep in potty training. <laughs> we're deep in the potty. It's yes. We've moved from uh rewards for doing potty in the little tiny potty to now you only get rewards if you do them in the regular adult size. Yeah, in the actual potty. She's, she's hating that. She's like, I'll just take this little one to school. <laughs> 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 I mean, you got to appreciate the hustle. <laughs> She's got a lot of good ideas. The other fun thing is that um, some of our family is moving, and they let they gave Sage a bunch of their old stuff to like clear it out of their house. And yeah, one of those TV. Things, well, oh. well, well, thankfully, one, not that, but one of the things was a guitar, like a, a child sized <laughs> guitar. Okay, and she has been playing it by putting it on the floor and drumming on it, and then strumming just one hand strumming. And she has a song she sings, and it's adorable. It's uh, it, it's it's guitar guitar songs i love this song it's guitar song well call the record label (laughs) island records have i got a deal for you (laughs) this kid (laughs) take my kid please (laughs) hey i know i told you in episode uh, 120 when I was just coming back from from uh, paternity leave time, we were doing the Book of Erotic Fantasy, and I said, she's going to get world famous, and then I won't have to do nothing. And we're on the way now, buddy. Oh, the path is set. I mean, Sister master episode 120. I don't remember what episode 120 of this is. This isn't my real show. <laughs> You're not my real show. <laughs> this is a lie I put up with with you, you philanderer. F- fuck you. <laughs> I don't need to listen to you. <laughs> so... So, I, Jedi, though, huh? Huh? How are you doing, by the way? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm fine. How am I doing? Good. I think you're probably doing okay. But how are you doing? Well, I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) I don't know. You're probably doing kind of tired. And who's the gentleman on first? (laughs) Why, tis the very same. (laughs) (sighs) Ugh. So we read uh, about three chapters of I, Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the assignment, and we completed it. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. My dog ate my book. Ah! Uh, I'm just waiting for the dog here to rip apart one of these books. I got the Spark Notes version of the Cliff Notes version of the book online. Uh, shit happened. Uh, there was a Jedi, and I think it was I? <laughs> It ends on the most predictable cliffhanger I've ever seen, uh, this set of three chapters. Would you agree? Eh, I mean, you know, it was bound to happen at some point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we start our chapters off. Obviously, last time we had left, Cornhorn was just finally ready to accept that he should actually do something. Uh-huh, and he built himself a lightsaber out of an old speeder bike handle and a bunch of parts he scavenged from all over. And with the help of Elagos, his Kamasi butler, who I guess you just get one of those when you're a main character. You just the first dude you come across who's butlerish. You're like, you're my butler now. and he's I like, saved your life and now you're my dude. <laughs> and they're like, I love being someone's dude. Yeah. Plus, my I, whole culture has a whole thing about being someone's dude. you knew your grandfather. I did. <laughs> uh, real weird. <laughs> It's a dumb coincidence. The, the sad part is, I like Elagos. He's a character I don't hate. He's fun to hang around with because he's smarter than Cornhorn, which is great, given how much time we have to spend hearing Cornhorn puff his own dumb ass up in this book. Oh yeah, but honestly, it just plays even more into the Batman thing when he yeah. comes home and has an Alfred there. Yeah, and the Alfred's like, I diapered your bottom, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, a meal is prepared for but you. But that said, you need that Alfred sarcasm to take a little uh, little uh, wind out of Batman's sales. Oh, now. you have to. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important part of the, of the, uh, the structure. Uh, it, it's generally why I don't like a lot of domestic Superman stories is because he surrounded himself with fucking like robots and shit and were just like, yes, Superman, I am also a Superman, just a robot Superman. And you're like, this is boring. Alfred has some sass. <laughs> well, no, you get sass from Lois. That's how you do Superman <laughs> domestic stories. That is true. You do get some sass from Lois. And it's it, you know, one thing that her and Alfred have in common is that they are both army brats. So, and so, yeah. they both powdered... Bruce Wayne's bottom. Oh, they do. <laughs> they did. Yes, especially if you watch the animated series. <laughs> uh. So yeah. Uh, at the end, Cornhorn had decided. All right. You know, for the third time in this book, I've really decided that I was I fucked around too long, and it's time to start doing something. He probably looked at the rest of the book. Oh, there's like a children's novel left over. There's enough for me to do one uh, terror, uh, planet of terror type story. Oh, the- we have. Two episodes. This is the second to last episode. Yes. There's one more left in this. And then the wrap up. And I'm just like, my God, man, you have spent an entire novel just futzing around. I I mean, I can kind of see at this point from these three chapters what the plan has been. It was always like this this book is the cocoon out of which the proper Jedi Knight, Corin Horn, will emerge. Uh, and he has to go through all these trials and tribulations. But all of his trials and tribulations are just like, there's a problem. I, Corin Horn, easily handle it. But I, it gives me thoughts. <laughs> I mean, the problem with it is, he's like, oh, there are all these problems. I will handle it as a guy. Also, all of these are books that have already been written, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, now that he's decided that he's going to solve the problem. um, Interestingly, his problem is not find my wife. His problem is like clear all these pirates off this planet so that Tavira doesn't have all these pirates anymore yeah so he's like all right i'm gonna get my lightsaber i've got my weird green robes that the jedi from uh
1: so the, could... the emerald
0: city uh in, yes in the land of oz yeah. yeah 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 you're thinking of you're thinking of corellia but yeah corellia the emerald city <laughs> yes as it is well known in star wars <laughs> yes he's got his dumb silk and green robes made out of ortega silk or something <laughs> um Ortega. It's Ortega silk. There's no Ortega. It's I'm not mad. made with delicious hatch chilies. <laughs> yeah, mm, Ortega silk. Uh, he's got his lightsaber, which has three crystals in it, which is going to lead to, I'm going to say it, the dumbest joke I've read in a Star Wars book yet. Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and say this, fucking loved that joke. <laughs> I got to that and I was like... Yes! But anyway... Give it to Papa! It's got a Durand fire crystal, which is what gives it its silvery sheen, like his grandfather's blade, and an emerald focusing lens crystal as well, which gives it a greenish tinge towards the tip. Well, the emerald. The emerald, yes. And then a diamond. There's also a diamond, which he can only engage either the emerald or the diamond at any given time. And at the moment, we don't even know what the diamond crystal does. Stay tuned. (laughs) So yeah, he's like, all right, I gotta head out, I gotta stop, to vera from having all of these pirates my plan is to get rid of all these pirates and the last episode it was just well, i know i'll spook them and then they'll run away because yeah. that's what pirates, pirates are, are, are for. a cowardly and superstitious lot i it, talked it's a straight straight up batman episode yeah it's basically at this point he's like great i must become a jedi because he saw a jedi fly through his window <laughs> and yoda just comes spinning rah! in <laughs> me you must excuse these flips back out (laughs) huh weird (laughs) your robes do not i do not like you see Cornhorn is terrified of jedi and so he must share that fear with one time one time as a child he fell into a well full of jedi they all started running around him real fast Uh, so yeah, his plan is to scare all these pirates. And again, this is, I, I, I assume that's just cause it's the only option available to him. Cause like, ultimately, even if you scare off every planet on Korkos or Korkokras. Korkoras? Korkoras, the planet we're on right now, she'll still have a victory class star destroyer. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand he's like, oh, this weakens her so that if she ever wants to go do anything right now, mm-hmm. she'll have to either spend a shitload of time getting new people to join, Or, you know, she has to do every single mission in person. That way she's more vulnerable. Yeah. Like, I understand why you would do this. It's also, like, the only option you have currently. Yeah, I would have figured his best option at the moment is just get a ship and leave. Because this has obviously been a dead end. But, uh, but no, instead his plan is first he's gonna scare his own old squad, the survivors. And I was wrong last episode. I thought Jacob Knive had died. He is not. Nope. It, it was the uh, flight leader of his specific squadron that had yeah. died and not the, the captain in general. So he starts with this Knive guy. Yep. And Knive apparently at one point trusted Idanian, his secret identity, with, uh, the idea that, like, oh, you know, we, tried and murdered some Imperial guy. So the survivors are literally the survivors of an Imperial ship. Like they mutinied and killed their own captain. Yeah. So that's what this is. He used to be like second or third in command of some Imperial blockade ship, which is indeed the current ship that they fly. I forget that the backstab. So that, that it it is that ship. So they, when they mutinied, they had this captain he had a terrible name. It was like, Umus. Umus Magumus. (laughs) Yeah, it was terrible. But, um, uh, there's this thing. Oh, his plan is okay. I'm gonna use the force to fake a visitation by a by a spirit of the dead. Oh yeah, no, he's like. So my first plan is I'm gonna Christmas carol this motherfucker, <laughs> yeah. which which leads to a lot of interesting questions. Because okay, here's how this works. He's gonna go back to that bar he always goes to, the same one. Yep. The blast shield. I for something I forget. Um, and he sits at the table that Knive always sits at. Well, yeah, because he's. He's, Basically, yeah. put up a front now that he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm gonna make it so that everyone thinks that I'm a harmless idiot right now." I'm mild mannered playboy, Geno Sedanian. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, everyone knows that Tavira wants me to go beer fuck boy on the uh, the Invidious." Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and pretend that I'm taking all of these gifts and everything, and that I'm constantly drunk, and he gets in good with people because not only do the other commanders are like oh, I want to get in good with Tavira's fuckboy, so I have an in to Tavira. Tavira. But also, he's, like, taking all the gifts that she gave him and just kind of, like handing him out and being real gregarious. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if, uh, it, it, he's literally Bruce Wayne. Yes. His plan is to literally create a Bruce Wayne persona. The problem for this storyline is that he spent the past like eight months living these pirates being a dead serious expert about everything. Oh yeah, no, he <laughs> got here and is like, well, I've spent a year being the world's best badass fighter pilot and whipping everyone into shape. Now they're all going to believe that as soon as I get a whiff of pussy, I turn into just a big drunk idiot. (laughs) But it works. So now everyone in town thinks he's like a drunken lout idiot who's at least worthwhile to be hanging around with because he's not violent or anything. And he gives you presents. Yeah. And Knife at least is like, oh, I didn't really need to have to work on like giving him presents and doing whatever. Cause we had already established that we were friends, yeah, they're friends before this. So his plan is to go pretend to get drunk. He has this whole bit about it's real easy to spill brandy on yourself. So you smell bad. And if you drink brandy, you can also just spill most of the brandy. Yeah. If people think you're already drunk to begin with, then mm-hmm. you can get real sloppy when drinking and just spill more on yourself than you actually drink. Yeah. So he's faking being drunk. Uh, Knife is not like that. Knife drinks just lum, which I believe is a Star Wars beer worker. Which I believe is some kind of cave woman? Yes, it's a cave woman with a giant boomerang. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> but,
0: but Drink it, her down! <laughs> so Knife shows up at the table, the two of them have a little bit of a conversation, and then he uses, and throughout these chapters, I want to make this clear, he is using the Force nonstop. He has lost all interest in avoiding outsiders. Now he's like, we also learn a new wrinkle to his powers. They seem to primarily or exclusively work on humans yeah which was not the case last time <laughs> that's new uh but yeah luckily for him knife is a human so he memory edits knife a little bit and then he like creates a ghost that is d- weirdly described it did, was this weird for you too there's a point where he's like he's the exact picture of the captain that this dude mutinied against and killed a long time ago he's got one black eye from the fight he was last in and a mouse on his cheek yeah I don't know if that was, like, he's got a mouse on his cheek because, like, oh, he was, I don't know. He got put out in an airlock. He's not yeah. being eaten by mice and worms. Yeah, because at first I was like, oh, because he was dead and they, like, found his dead body and there was a mouse on there. And I was like, oh, no, they shoved him out an airlock. Okay. Did he have a tattoo of a mouse on his cheek? Like, <laughs> did what? he just always have a live mouse on his cheek all <laughs> the time? Did he have a familiar? What the <laughs> fuck is this? Is, is this a, did you mean to put mole and fucked it up? What is going on? <laughs> yeah but he like he disney guy yeah he kicks a chair and is like you can't sit here we're already full and then makes it so that when Knive turns around he sees this ghost who spits out a big gold credit coin and then i always he, love how there's gold credits yeah he <laughs> then does a sleight of hand thing where he grabs the fake imaginary gold coin that this guy spit out mm-hmm. and then has an actual like gold coin in his hand that he can then physically give so that there's real proof. There's evidence of this happening. And then he has the uh the ghost of this captain guy. Uh and it, interestingly, this is an illusion that he is only creating in in uh Knives Head. Yes. Uh so this is all just memory editing effectively. And and he he basically the, the coin was in this dude's mouth in the first place because of an old spacer tradition that if you put a coin in a guy you just killed's mouth, he can't badmouth you to it's, the other dead. Yeah, it's buying off his silence so that you don't get bad mouthed in the afterlife. Yes. And so when this dude shows up, he barfs the coin onto the table and he's like, eh, there's no use in giving me the coin when I'm already because the dead don't dad talk other dead. And, uh, and knives like, but I'm uh, alive, you spooky ghost. Oh yeah, he's just like, you, you will be visited by three spirit. No, wait a <laughs> minute, hold on, wrong <laughs> thing. You, doom comes to Corcoris. We're Marley and Marley. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, he, he basically is like, doom is coming for you. You're already a dead man. Uh, my vengeance is coming. Okay, bye. And then he like yeah. evaporates right as, as, uh, Knive tries to throw a beer through him. Oh, yeah. So at this point, you know, they were in a back corner just talking amongst themselves. So no one had really noticed anything weird because, again, he had only put this illusion in, uh, Knive's head. Mm-hmm. So then when he like, throws a mug at this illusionary ghost and it smashes everyone turns and he's like there was a g- 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 ghost you oh. all saw him didn't you see him he was right there and everyone's like oh slow down maurice you know to him um <laughs> and, uh, but because he's playing knives uh so much horn is like i saw him clearly a portent of things to come one might consider changing their ways in such a deed in such a situation lest they be chained down with the deeds of their life especially because he's been mind reading knife a lot recently and knows that knife is very regretful about his life choices well i mean that's not mind reading he was like this guy just told him yeah the the guy's like i didn't like what i don't like the kind of person i've turned into i never meant to be a pirate this isn't what i wanted yeah so now he's this is scared so Uh, out he goes to start spreading rumors of ghosts and the neat thing here is he's like yeah and at this point everyone just started claiming that they had also seen it yeah they were like yeah he he had fire in his eyes and he claimed doom was coming for me this and really even... is a batman set of chapters because oh yeah and even when corn's like dude i was there and i saw him. that didn't happen he's like fuck you you were drunk you don't know exactly because the very next thing the horn does is he puts on his jedi outfit and then just walks out of the hotel he's staying in and rather than just like leaving out the window or wearing a heavy cloak or something he just walks out in his jedi outfit and mind erases every single person who sees him oh yeah well he's like okay i gotta make sure nobody remembers me so i'm gonna you know, selectively erase eight seconds from this hotel lobby. Which is like, why don't just put on a cloak, dude? You're overdoing it right now. This is, you know, this is the big question of why didn't Obi-Wan just force trick his way out of the whole, like, Dr. Evison and Pondababa situation. Yeah. Like, he just did it. He was like, oh, well, you- oh, well it doesn't work on non-humans. But Dr. Efason is human. Uh, so when he was well, in there being Ponda like Pondababa would still be like Pondababa <laughs> <laughs> didn't want any shit he was the one who was just like Bruh, brruh, brruh. and then Evazon started everything and really yeah, Pondababa was kind of a victim in that whole scenario Pondababa like, is eternally the victim and, here. And most he kind of got bumped into by Luke and was like hey come on I'm drinking here hey. and then Evazon's like I'm getting, I'm starting a fight for you I speak their language I'm gonna get you fucked up and <laughs> from the rest of that whole situation Pondababa's like no dude, come on. No, no, no. I all oh, my arm. Oh, come Aww, on. Come on. <laughs> Arms are expensive. You know how much it's going to pay to get a robotic Aqualish arm, especially given how easy it would have been for Obi-Wan to come over and be like, "You don't want to bother this kid." I don't care how many death sentences you have. That or, you know, you're still a Jedi. Put him on his ass. Don't cut his hand off. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we have since learned from the prequels and so on that Obi Wan fucking loves taking arms and legs off people. I mean, he he. If you look up the numbers of who was cut off arms and legs, be, it's like Vader one, and then Obi Wan like sixty five. He just hates <laughs> arms and legs. I hate extremities. <laughs> Only a Sith deals in extremities. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I hate hands. They're rough and coarse, and they get everywhere. <laughs> I did just sleep with a bunch of dock workers. That might <laughs> that might be why. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next thing he does is walk out of this hotel room in his Jedi outfit and then just stalk the streets like Batman until he finds a rape in progress. Yeah, he's like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I got to go find, you know, I'll extend my whole sphere of influence. And in case you were wondering, the reason he's like, oh, I can do this now. And I, I didn't before because, I mean, before... If Tavira's people were around, I could get caught out, but I don't think there's any Force-sensitive people here since Tavira left and isn't coming back for a month. So I'm free to just be full Jedi at the moment. I love that his basic plan is like, well, Tavira's got advisors. He keeps using that plural for his own terms. And he's like, she's got more than one. And you know what? I know, I'm pretty sure she's never just left them on the planet where she keeps all of her pirates, but I don't know that. Because what possible evidence would I have to to, to the contrary? But he's like, but I'm sure that she doesn't, because that would be weird. <laughs> I'm sure that she doesn't, because I'm going to go do Jedi stuff, and the book requires it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he finds a rape in progress and basically fucks up the rapists real bad. They're yeah. they're they're uh, trying to rape a local or an indig as the uh, the yeah, lo- one of the user. indigenous people to this yeah. planet, mm-hmm. and so he <laughs> more than just like, oh, I'll kind of beat these guys up a little bit is like. Well, I'm gonna break this guy's jaw and then Put like a hole in his in his shoulder with the lightsaber, cut two of the other guy's fingers off, yeah, I'm like, good God man <laughs> so he he doesn't kill and he, he's got this whole thing where he's like, well, I don't actually well, I to, don't kill I don't everyone kill. knows the horn doesn't kill killing is the dark side, he says as he basically. Uh, Puts so much wounds on a guy that he can't be sure he won't yeah, die later. As he kicks a man's jaw off his face, he's like, <laughs> "No killing." That way lies the dark side. He's got a real, very specific mindset about what is the dark side. Remember last chapter when he was book when he was or episode when he was like well if i had used my force powers in that fight that would have been the dark side i mean physical force powers i use lots and lots of force powers but this one subset is the dark side well that's just sort of like yeah force <laughs> powers this is like Whoa, force powers <laughs> you know what i mean it's a whole difference now anyway i'm gonna fucking bust this guy down to his component elements <laughs> yeah um then he rescues the rape the the rape victim and he's like you don't need to know my name it is enough that they know i exist tell them Tell them that you are saved and that doom comes. (laughs) What has come to doom? (laughs) Well, it depends. Whose is it? (laughs) Richards! There we go. Okay. Now, anyway, uh, so those two were Laser Blast members, I think, or the the Laser... There's a group uh, that call, that have the, the major lasers. Yeah, they have the, they have a name that makes it sound like they're part of an '80s cyberpunk story. Yes, instead of being a uh, a Star Wars thing, the name is like the Laser Masters or something, and laser spelled with a Z, and both words are capitalized, but it's one word. I love them. <laughs> it makes me so happy to be like. Ah, yes, and here's the Laser Lords. You've got the the Ristar Raiders, which sounds perfectly Star Wars. You've got the Survivors, which sounds perfectly Star Wars. Shala's Hut Crew, that sounds Star Wars. The Laser Lords. We're the Laser Lords. You better stay off our turf or we'll fuck you up with our mono-edged weaponry. (laughs) Hell yeah, we got data jacks. We are all dressed in laser tag gear <laughs> that we think makes us look badass. Every one of them in full laser tag gear with a bandana. <laughs> yes, for sure, an eighties gang named the Laser Lords, dressed in laser tag gear. Yes. So he he uh, this puts them on edge. So now they start kind of abandoning their shit yeah, shitload of Laser Lords take off because he's yeah. like, hey, uh, fuck you! If I see any more Laser Lords, I'm gonna fucking murder you. Yeah. Then it's time to go after, I think, a few more laser lords when he does this thing where this is the first time when we see that he can't affect non-humans. He There's three people out hunting for him, because now everyone knows there's a Jedi running around. Um, And so he sees the three people hunting for them, gives them the mental image that he's running down an alley and disappearing. Oh, yeah. And it's two humans and a Kubaz. Kubaz. And uh, that everybody sees that amu- illusion and runs to the alleyway, and then he puts another illusion in the alleyway of him running around a corner. Two of the the two humans go charging after him around the corner, not knowing that this illusion is. I mean, he coyote and road yeah. runners then he, he basically he's he makes the illusion so that they don't see the wall. They yeah. just see an open alley and they go run face first into a wall. He's really doing a lot of like the logical thinkers guide to Jedi powers here where he's like, I can use illusions to make it so that there isn't a wall. And I'm like, dude, if that was a regular thing Jedi could do, then a Jedi would have done it by now. Yeah, but <laughs> this road Other Runner Jedi shit. don't have cool mind powers yeah. like I do. This wily That's my coyote thing. shit is too much for you, buddy. <laughs> But yeah, he convinces two of them to run into a wall. One of them knocks herself unconscious. The other one breaks his collarbone. But the power doesn't work on a Kubaz. So he just sort of stands there and is like, no, don't. Except yeah, it comes but, out as... Bzz, bzz, bzz. Well, I mean, he's like... As he sees them go running towards a wall, he goes to call out to them. And Horn just knocks him in the back of the head with a lightsaber and knocks him out. Yeah, because he never went into the alley. He used the illusion to make it look like he did, but he was standing at the entrance to the alleyway. So he comes around behind the Kubaz, cocks him, and then when the only person who's left conscious is the dude who the broke his collarbone. collarbone guy, yeah. So he walks over to him, and he's like, well, if you keep reaching for that gun, I'll cut it off, um, or cut your hand off. Um, So here's the deal, and he points a lightsaber at him, like, tell everyone that I'm coming for him. You tell him I'm gonna, g- if I see another... You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. Yeah, and if you see, if I see another Laser Lord on the street, that Laser Lord's gonna die. Yeah, and then he, you know, walks away, the Kubaz starts to get up, he cocks him again with a mm-hmm. lightsaber. Again, that's like the... That's standard movie stuff where he's like, I'll never kill. And I'm like, dude, you just knocked an unconscious guy unconscious again. That dude's probably going to die. <laughs> but then the collarbone guy still just draws his uh, blaster anyway. Mm-hmm. He parries a whole bunch and then uh, manages to catch one of them in his hand because the shot goes wild and was going to hit the Kubaz. So he's mm-hmm. like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, he's using that. That, Like I said, this guy's got too many powers for a starting Jedi. Because uh, he also still has that, like, energy absorption trick. Oh, yeah. So he's just like, oh, a, a blaster bolt. I'll just catch it and turn it into energy. And- like, uh, come on, man. You you don't need more powers than Luke has. There sh- that should be the hard, fast rule of Star Wars yeah. fiction writing. You can't write a Jedi who Luke trained who's better than Luke. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> he basically just does the Darth Vader... Uh. Return of the Empire thing mm-hmm. uh, where he like blocks the blaster bolt with his hand and then uses the energy from that for telekinesis to just grab the blaster out of the guy's hand and crush it. Yeah. Especially when you're like, oh, but he has a weakness. He's bad at telekinesis. You like, know, no, unless, he unless someone's use, shooting lasers at him. He can use his superpower to not be hurt by the vast majority of weapons in Star Wars in order to get telekinesis. Yeah, a power he otherwise wouldn't have. But he does because people are constantly shooting at him. Uh, like, it's... It's shit design. I, I give your character a D. <laughs> Think, <laughs> But yeah, he scares the laser lords. He uh, At this point, uh, people are starting to take the bait. People are cutting and running. Some whole pirate crews are already gone. Uh, he gets a message in from Elagos that two of the survivors in, in Stone Squadron have left because he put two... Z-95s with hyperdrives in their squadron. And he's like, well, I taught Timzer and Kaet how to use hyperdrives. Tell me they escaped. And, and uh, Elagos is like, yeah, they're the only two who knew how, so they're the ones who escaped. Also, he says, uh, someone's been spreading a rumor that you have been fucking both of them constantly. Yeah, you've been drunk and spending your free time philandering with them. And so they also had to escape because they knew, like, oh... Even if it wasn't true, Tavira would just kill them for touching her boy toy. Yes, exactly. So, so and Elagos is like, now who spread that rumor that he's been randomly banging all the women on the planet that he likes? And he's like, I can't. I guess I got to take credit for that one too. Oh, I'm such a drunk. And I'm like. You realize Tavira's got a pretty long reach, right? That was not a very safe rumor to spread. Well, I mean, he's planning on murdering her anyway, I'm sure. <laughs> what well, he should have done, because by the time he murders her, she may have already hired bounty hunters to go get them. Well, here's the other thing that we learn is Tavira is not going to find out any of this for a while because her whole paranoia thing with like, oh, I don't want anyone to, you know, find me mm-hmm. means everyone on Corcorus on this planet cannot contact her yeah they have to wait until a shuttle from you know the invidious or whatever shows up to give new like orders Mm -hmm. and then they'll get all the news from the planet and take it back I'm gonna go ahead and say that now. That's a dumb idea. Oh, that's real fucking stupid. That's real stupid. And I'll tell you why it's real stupid. What if the what if the rebellion showed up and, and liberated this planet from all these pirates? Yeah. You'd be like, well, I'm not gonna show up for a month. dude, no need to know what's going on there for an entire month with mm-hmm. like half of my organization. Oh, I got back and some shit happened. Boy, I sure wish I had given them one phone. Yeah, plus look how much damage one guy is doing just because you don't have an open line of communication. Pick someone you trust like Knive or one of the Black Stars or whatever and give them a phone number. Just give them a different phone number every time and it goes to a different person on your ship. Yeah, like literally just be like, doesn't even need to go to the invidious. Go to some other ship that then has a way to get in contact with you. Yes, Even if you made it so that they have no way of knowing where the the invidious is and just sent out a packet of information, that would be a better bit of a piece of info security than literally, I will come back for you when I need you. Yeah. So, um, what happens here, and these three chapters are all pretty much the same, so I'm not worrying about chapter organization. Well, the the next thing he does is he's like, all right, it's time to do my Batman thing against the most secure group. Mm, Yeah, yeah. There's the, like, the Black Stars or the something. The Black Star Pirates. Yeah. And these were the ones who had their own, like, super secret ninja headquarters mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, I could watch people, like, go to some place, punch in a number on a pad, and then go into a secret hideout. Mm-hmm. That's where he finds out that their whole theme is, like, surprisingly underrated late David Bowie albums. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a really good album. Yeah, there's so many diamond dogs in here. <laughs> the last album was called Black Star. <laughs> I know. I was just just fucking with me. (laughs) The whole building is guarded by tin machines. Uh, Oh, man. You know what? This hideout? Okie dokie. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say that this hideout is your best station. It's station one. (laughs) (sighs) I don't have any more. I'm good. (laughs) Hunky-dory. Thanks. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) So anyway, the... uh, (laughs) The whole plan there is, he's like, all right, I'm going to hang out here and I'm going to wait until, because all the pirates who go in normally just like punch it in real fast. And if he's standing far enough away to not draw attention to himself, he can't quite make out what the code is. Mm -hmm. So he has to wait until an older, less, yeah, just a slower pirate shows up, puts the code in, and then he's like, I'm going to mind trick him so that he doesn't see that the door opened. Why not just read his fucking mind? Exactly. I was like, you have mind reading ability. You don't need to be like, oh, he put the code in. I'm going to make it so he has to put the code in again. Slower this time. Just as a, you can do this to anyone. As the person comes up, they're going to go, all right, I'm putting in 4381. And you're like, great, cool. Got it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can read minds and you have no qualms about doing it. Why are you doing this? And even if you're like, well, I want to do this detective style, then do it detective style. Go over there and see which ones have fingerprints on them. You know, do that shit. We've all watched someone do that in a movie. (laughs) What's up with this half measure shit? Nope. He's got a, he's like, I watched this dude put in the code slowly but that wasn't enough. I need to watch him put it in slowly twice. Mm -hmm. Then I'll have it. Then he goes in there and turns out that these guys basically built themselves an opium den slash gambling arena. And that leads me to further questions, which like, if you have a bunch of prostitution and gamblers and so on operating a building, Uh how are the employees getting in there? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That was 100%. He was like, oh yeah, you've got the like bartenders and fucking hookers and, and people selling drugs. And I'm like, from where (laughs) what are you talking about and if there's an easy back door where all these prostitutes and so on are getting in there how come your lazy cop ass didn't notice that fucked up (laughs) but yeah that day when he goes in he of course is also doing full batman because he's like it's raining and storming and i'm gonna go in there and have that whole like batman lightning flash behind me thing He literally fakes it he uses the force to put to implant in all the humans in the building uh, the vision of a lightning uh, bolt accompanying his dramatic exit yep like he goes in there batman doesn't have to fake it lightning works for batman (laughs) (laughs) lightning is on batman's payroll (laughs) but yeah he goes in there he busts up the drink counter Mm -hmm. and he's like all right all of you innocent prostitutes Leave so that I may fuck with the gamblers (laughs) and goes in there and like cuts up the roulette wheel real bad and is like, hey, you fuckers, there's nowhere that's safe from me. Mm -hmm. I am the bat. And he's like cloaking himself in what he describes as a blood red mist. In everything that he does, which... I'm gonna go... That's gotta look awful with his stupid green cloak. Ho, ho, Those ho. are bad colors to mix. <laughs> it's Christmas, Jedi! Yeah, at least do purple so people think you're doing, like, a Mardi Gras thing. <laughs> it's the Joker Jedi! <laughs> but then he, like, slashes a hole. He notices a door to the outside and slashes a hole in a wall right through it. I assume that's the back door through which, like, the I prostitutes guess. are coming and going. But you'd think if he was like, "How are the? where the fuck are they going? I, I gotta case the joint. You'd think he'd, like... Do one lap around the bar, just and be- <laughs> do a do a perimeter sweep, and maybe just one quick jog. To, you could pretend to be drunk if it'll make you feel better, and be like, "Oh, hey, I don't recognize that door from the inside. Oh, I hey, wonder I don't if I spend days watching people put codes in until Old Man McShaky Finger shows up." <laughs> But yeah, they're all like desperately scared of him. He carves a hole into the building so he can stand there with the lightsaber in the rain. And then he fakes a lightning bolt. Yeah, (laughs) he has to implant the image Of a lightning flash and his spooky, scary silhouette. But only on the humans, because it doesn't work on any aliens at all, apparently. Yeah, which, again... (laughs) What are we doing? Nope, that's not what was established. (laughs) And the thing is, it later gets established. I mean, whatever, again, fuck spoilers for this chapter. But it also apparently doesn't work on Force users, which, again... The prime example of him using this was a group of force users, mm-hmm. including Luke Skywalker, a master Jedi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, to be to his uh, uh, on his side, there are several of them were aliens. <laughs> like you got to assume that didn't work on Dorsk one at all. He was just like, what are you doing, no, buddy? All of him, All of them <laughs> saw the thing. No one was Te- like, hey, what are y'all doing? Teon's not human either. It probably didn't work on her. And it did, though. We know it did. The book told us it did. It just got late into the chapter, and he was like, oh, I just realized I gave my protagonist an ability that solves every problem. Uh, doesn't work on aliens now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now we're gonna find out the secret weakness in his whole like blaster bolts into telekinesis bishop routine. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, he can't do it if it's the color yellow blaster. <laughs> so anyway, now the black stars are scared, and uh, and their 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 whole thing, their reaction to going scared is to go native. They like disappear into the into the uh, population. Yeah, we get a bunch of people who are like, oh, they just you know vanish out into the wilderness and mm-hmm. go native. You get some people who cloister up super heavy, and they're like. Now you don't see him on the street. They just like super insular. Mm -hmm. But this ends up backfiring a little bit as Shala the Hutt is just like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to call him out. I've noticed you don't kill anyone. Yep. So I'm going to start doing ridiculous crimes and be like, hey, buddy. Hey, come stop me. Yes. Hey, dude, come stop me. So Shayla has put out the word that there's like a 10,000 credit bounty on any Jedi head that happens to get brought in. And then he starts sending out his gangers to just like commit increasingly alla- or uh, mean crimes. He starts with property damage. He's shaking down the locals. Yeah, he's robbing them. And he's like, damn it. I wanted the locals on my side. But now they're mostly just seeing it as, oh, I am just here to beat people up. Yeah, and I like this because when we first introduced to Shala, he described this hut as like immense, uh which means he's really old and like mumbling and stupid. And now, yeah, I'm like, it was like, oh, this senile old hut. Now I'm like, oh no, wait, he's not senile. He's the fucking Godfather. This is a Don Corleone hut. Everyone's like, you got it, boss. I will go hunt for Jedi, and I hope the Jedi I capture will be a masculine Jedi, um, a Corellian Jedi. <laughs> I have been trying to collect a green one. Now, he's like, all right, I'm going to go meet Shawla, Because Shawla's like, come fight me, bro. 1v1 me in my warehouse. Yeah, he basically is like, look, if the Jedi wants to do anything, I will be in my warehouse. And Elagos is like, dude, that's an obvious trap. This is a straight up Alfred Batman conversation. Yeah, he's like, I have to confront the Joker. I'm going to go into that warehouse. And He's like, don't. Don't. That's, that's very. That's dumb as fuck. And he's like, but I gotta. I have to. But otherwise, I lose it all. No, no, man. You could, no compromises, Alagos. But you could just, like, not? Or maybe, you like... Just, you've been doing all kinds of goofy tricks the whole time. Why don't you just go in there and activate their fire control system or something? Yeah. Just sprinkle them out. And the thing is, even just, like, do a little bit of Batman work here, because mm-hmm. instead of being like, oh, I'm going to go in, like, on the roof, or I'm going to, like, case the place and see what I can find as far as, you know, any type of... Uh, guns or any emplacements because Elagos is like, all right, you can tell if people are there. What happens if they just have a shit ton of automated defense turrets? Mm-hmm. He's like, Well, just improvise. Yeah. This is basically showing us that all of these sessile slug gang leaders that they keep introducing in the movies and the books are only functional as threats if you're dumb enough to just walk into their house. Yeah. Because that's what we did with Jabba, too. Oh, yeah. And fucking (laughs) Cornhorn's like, oh, that worked out for Luke. I'm going to literally walk in the open front door of this warehouse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and and that's it that's my whole plan i'm like dude no just you know there's skylights in the building just throw a bunch of smoke grenades in there something do something and you know he's like oh well i can't case it because shala shut down the warehouse to any visitors so i couldn't go in there And i'm like you do realize you have spent this entire time being like i can mind trick people Just fucking mind trick people into letting you look around the warehouse. I think a big part of that for Shala, to Shala's uh, accidental credit, is that his crew is almost entirely Eh. non-humans. We know he's got a a Twi'lek majordomo because he's super unoriginal. Well, well, he's got a Twi'lek that's his main engineer explosives guy. Yes, but also like his number one guy named like Rock Shatika or something. Yeah, his number one guy. A guy. Yes. (laughs) Wait, wasn't Joker the number one guy of Jack Palance's character? Yes, but then, you know, he goes to Bob, you are my number one guy. All right, I'm remembering now. Okay, so yeah, he just walks the fuck in there, and then gets a quick look around and realizes that Shala... Yeah, Shala, like, turns on a spotlight on himself and is like, oh, Oh, you dumb motherfucker, I've got a dead hut switch. Yeah. This is not a dead man switch, because I'm not a man, you see, I'm a hut. mm -hmm. So... If you do anything to me, I'll drop this and it'll blow up an entire kilometer square block. I don't mind the dead hut switch thing specifically because huts are canonically hermaphroditic. Yeah. So, you know, it's better than saying a dead person switch or whatever. It's, it's a nice acknowledgement of a truth about huts. Eh. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, Horn gets a chance to like get a good look around. He's like, oh, look, yeah, sure enough, your, uh, your explosive guy rigged a bunch of bombs and told you that the bombs would blow up a mile of terrain, but they won't. They'll just kill me and you. He's yeah, just they're trying just, to take your thing. Yeah, he was like, oh, he mostly pointed them towards where Shala is at. Yeah. And, like, the explosions are big enough that, like, it would get anyone near him. So, yeah, it would also, you know, probably kill, you know, me as well. Yes. But most of this is just his right-hand man being like, oh, if this Jedi shows up, I'll two birds, one stone it. Exactly. So... He even tries to tell Shaw this, where Shaw he's like, "So, uh, did your explosive guy do all this?" And He's like, "Yes." I, well, a droid translates, "Yes." I the uh, the master is particularly pleased with Rock to Kikid Bob uh, and his his efforts. And uh, Horn's like, "You should probably ask for a refund." He set it up so it'll kill just the two of us and won't actually blow up a lot of other stuff. And then, rather than dealing with that, he gets into a convoluted description of his lightsaber trick. Yeah. Well, he's like, "Oh, what I'm gonna do is." I have the ability to extend my lightsaber out like twice as long. That's what the diamond does, as we find out. So instead of like 133 centimeters, I get 300 centimeters. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm going to use this and I'll just cut the switch in half from where I'm standing. And he won't be able to really react to it because, oh, it'll be so long and and surprising how long and thin it is isn't isn't the whole point of dead man switches that even if you break them they activate the thing that they activate well i mean that would depend because i mean if you were to just destroy the circuitry immediately Mm. then maybe not because the only thing that the other side of a dead man switch is doing is checking to see if a continuous signal is being sent from the dead man switch yeah and if you turn off that signal with any means at all other than the one approved means that 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 was built into the system, it stops the signal and the and the dead man switch goes off. That's like the point of them, yeah, see so you can't I just thought... go like, "I have a dead man switch," and then someone shoots it right out of your hand exactly now, I thought what he was going to do was cut the hut's hand off and then like grab it while it was still in his grip yeah because <laughs> i was like oh that's cool he's like i if i let my grip go and then he just cuts the hand off and I was like great you didn't <laughs> but instead he uh he just his plan at- was to hit the fucking controller which as we have established is stupid it's stupid it's also stupid that he built himself an extendo lightsaber just because gantoris did as we find out in a minute um So he tries to do his extendo lightsaber, but it breaks immediately. His lightsaber emits a huge cough of smoke and turns off. Yeah, he gets the beam for a second, which kind of stabs and freaks the hut out. Doesn't really do anything to him, but freaks him out. Does cause him to drop his dead hut switch, which is a big surprise to everybody. Yeah. And now he's like, oh no, the explosions all go off. Guess I'll have to use my ability to not worry about getting shot by blasters or any explosions or anything at all because I've got the dumbest fucking power in Star Wars. I really hate this shit. So, yeah, he just bishops all these thousands of lasers being shot at him with a little description about how he can feel each sting as they impact him. And I'm like. Yeah, that come back to me when there's some fucking consequences. Oh, yeah, because he's just like, ow, that kind of hurt. But then I use all the energy that I'm getting from absorbing all of these to shunt the pain anyway. Yes. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, and now, then he's like, well, now I've got a lot of residual superpower. but I'll blow the explosion through the ceiling. Oh, yeah. and is dead. Well, is dead, but it also blew up a bunch of chemical canisters around here. So he's like, it's not going to blow up a whole block, but it will definitely damage shit around here. So he starts telekinesing all the fire and the chemical barrels and everything else into the like room in a whirlwind of fire and explosions and just blows it out the top of the warehouse. Yes. And then he's like, well, it's a sharp beam of energy going up the top of the warehouse. I'm like, no, it isn't. It's full of explosions. Uh, but It's a sharp beam going up the top of the warehouse. It's like I'm in a Marvel movie right now. <laughs> we have to stop this thing. Um, honestly, Marvel movies haven't done that in a while. It's been more DC movie recently. Need more sky beams. Yeah. But, but in any event, um, so he uses his power of illusions and also the fact that he still has lots of extra energy from his bullshit power to send out an implantation to like the minds of everybody in the city that a giant Jedi ignited a giant lightsaber when he stood out of uh, this warehouse yeah and then looks around to be like i am doom and you cannot escape me and then it fades out again yeah and then he's like oh sweet that was pretty badass oh wait a minute i'm the only one that can absorb things all of my clothes he like goes to clip his lightsaber to his belt and his belt has melted and is gone yes he's like oh yeah that's right so he got caught in a big old chemical fire and is naked now He's, mi- he's Mr. Embarrassing Nakers that he has to run home all nakey style. The, o- the only thing that could survive that explosion was a lightsaber and him. Mm-hmm. And also, because all of the like glass in the windows in here imploded inwards from this explosion, he also got a shitload of tiny cuts all over him. Mm-hmm. And he is absolutely drained at this point. He's like, I can't even touch the force. Yeah. Like, I am fucked up. I'm forceless. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And if anyone sees me running around with his lightsaber, which I can't just leave somewhere, uh, I will, I, I will be discovered, found out immediately, and I can't hide it because I'm not wearing clothes. Yeah. So he goes running through the street naked, and he like hides next to some building, and then a couple of employees leave yeah like some random women come out and they're like ah, a naked man's penis oh ho. Oh, oh. and he's like i gotta hide in this alley oh no it's a dead end and it's the only alley that's well lit on this whole planet and it's the only alley that leads to my hotel room too what a problem this is for everybody and then Eligos comes out and is like Master Bruce, you've embarrassed us all once again. Drunk again, yeah. And you, I see you've broken a speeder bike. As he He's got holds the, up the, fucking the thing. handlebar, where's the rest of it? Yeah, uh, you're so drunk, and you're embarrassing yourself in front of these ladies. Now come inside immediately. And you know the ladies go, teehee, what a dumb drunk naked guy," mm-hmm. and go walking off. Yes. And he's like, thanks, Elagos. I thought you were deaf. Because he's been spinning through this uh, in his head. He's all reeling into, like, oh, he's been found out for sure. And Tavira's already come here, and she's already got him, and she's going to blow up the whole fucking planet that he, came, that he came from. Oh, it's awful. And I'm like, didn't you remember your whole convoluted story no, about his, how Tavira never comes here? His fear here? was, if I get found out, uh, okay. she'll come and blow up all this she shit. She was like, what have I done to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robin, what have I done? <laughs> Lori. <laughs> Lori LeBarris. No. Anyway, um, Ugh. Mm. he's fine. Everything's fine. He's all cut up, but he's fine. Yeah, they so- just go back to his hotel room, and, you know, he's like, ow, that hurt. And Elgos is like, all right, time for you to say you fucked up. And he's like, well, I didn't really that fuck up. That is the best. This is... This is the culmination of the whole, like, he has to learn what he truly is. Cause, cause Elagos is like, see, that was a fucking stupid idea, you idiot. And he's like, no. I told it you it was dumb. I accomplished the mission. Yeah, barely. And only because you happened to luck into an assassin trying to kill both of you instead of a team trying to just kill you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but I still see that as a win. You need to admit that you fucked this one up. And he's like, I am a cop and I am a fighter pilot and neither one of those things ever admits to doing anything wrong ever. And I'm like, you don't think that that's a good thing, do you? When you're saying that, when you're, when you're like, When you're like, I am incapable of being wrong. It's a man thing. You're like, I'm a cop and cops can't do anything wrong. And you're like, ooh, not a good look. Don't want that. I know you've done stories about fighting corrupt cops before. I know you have. And then he's like, all right, but here's the thing. As a Jedi, you for sure fucked up. And this is great because he just turns on a fucking dime. He just goes, as a Jedi, you're right. I did do wrong and I'm sorry. (laughs) Oops, my bad. And he's like. Thank you. All right, you're too compartmentalized. If you immediately apologize after that much of a show about not doing it, that's the you got. He's like, I'm all of these things. That means I have to be a Jedi all the time. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I can't just be a cop when it's convenient, like real cops do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. He's like, oh, yeah. You know what? I did fuck up. And of course, Elagos is like, look, the only reason you survived is because you used your power to try and save other people, and in so doing, save yourself. Mm-hmm. Remember that. The whole point of being a Jedi is trying to, you know, serve others and not yourself. This was, again, mm-hmm. you being like, I'm a badass and can do what I want and don't care about no consequences. Yeah. Now, obviously, even though this is supposed to be an object lesson in how he's supposed to have consequences for his actions, he didn't. And in the future, I assume he will still not. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we only got like four chapters on an epilogue to go. So I really doubt a big comeuppance is coming in the last four chapters. <laughs> no. but yeah at this point of course Tavira shows up and is like hey you drunk idiot I heard you've been fucking and drinking and he's like guilty as charged yeah so the next morning he's living in opulence he's Wearing the special super silk robe that, oh, by the way, if you're wondering how come uh, Elagos knew to go outside and rescue him, it's because Elagos made sure to make his special green Corellian Jedi robes out of Otega silk, which when burning has a smell that Kamasi can detect. Well, that's how he found him. Yeah. But how he knew to go look for him is because he also got the vision because apparently sometimes aliens can get (laughs) visions and sometimes not when it's convenient. It works on elves. (laughs) It works on convenience. Yes. He has plot based powers. So the next morning, he's having his opulent hero's breakfast. Yes, he he'll make some space pancakes and some space syrup. And he's all like, hmm, I shouldn't be wearing this robe that I was given as a gift by my cruel oppressor Tavira, but it's so comfortable. I deserve a little treat. <laughs> I just blew up a warehouse and a hut. I deserve a little treat. This is just a bit of me time. I'm going, I'm having a self day. Um, But then Tavira just shoves Elagos out of the way and marches in and she's like, you fucking drunk asshole. What is wrong with you? There has been a Jedi fucking around here for the past like three weeks. And what have you done? As far as I have heard, you have been drunk fucking random women and you broke a speeder bike. You broke the speeder bike I gave you. Which I, I assume means that Eligos went out that very same night and destroyed the speeder bike in his garage just to like, for, for yeah. deniability. We don't get that covered. but No, but she's like, and I got you a new speeder bike. Please be careful with this one. Mm-hmm. And how about you, I don't know, do your fucking job as the head of Bolt Squadron and Actually, hunt this Jedi down. I also like that she still is run rambling on about blondes being idiots or whatever, or, or having secret wisdom or something. Because there's a point where she where where she's like, "And and how did you react when you encountered the Jedi?" And he's like, "I've only heard rumors. I haven't seen him." And she's like, "Yeah, you know, I heard a story that the first appearance was the visitation of the ghost, and you were uh, right fucking there." So rather, but here's the deal: rather than catching you in that lie, I'll just have a convenient random self bit of uh, wisdom about how blondes are so fucking dumb. Yeah, no, she's just like, oh, you blondes, don't you know, this is Luke Skywalker. Clearly, because you sensed or my people sensed him and you put together that he was at Zafel, Mm -hmm. and, you know, there are rumors that he's putting on a uh, whole academy, but we're the biggest threat to the New Republic, so clearly they would send him after me. And he's like, ah, Luke. Uh, sure, yeah, it's Luke. But there's a whole bit where she spins off about the fucking Sun Crusher, and the whole time where li- I was just like, "Yeah, you're right. You got a good oh, point yeah. there, Tavira." She's and like, she- "Oh, uh, yeah, fucking they used." I don't think the Sun Crusher was destroyed because clearly you would never get rid of a thing like that if you even could, and also you don't just. Have the person who disobeyed orders and blew up a star system then get rewarded with being a Jedi Knight. Clearly, this was a plan they had all along. Yeah, there's this whole thing where she's like... Where where even horn who's trying to play a drunk idiot who doesn't want to deal with her is like oh i heard it was a child flying that thing a person who was not part of the republic and she's like that's dumb as hell because uh if it was just some rogue element that was flying it he'd be in prison right now he's not he got a present and a jedi robe and a lightsaber and an x-wing he's a hero to them because he killed karita and they have no qualms about killing us now yeah and he's like, you know what? That makes perfect sense. That, that they would sense. be trying to, her whole thing is like, oh yeah, they're trying to lure me out so they can sun crusher me. Yes. And not only that, but you got to assume that he, she's a little paranoid. Sure. But anyone else who knows the arc of what happened to Kip Duran probably has the same opinion. Yeah. Not even Imperials. No. Anyone who knows about Karita and Kip Duran has to be like, how come that guy's not in fucking prison? Wait, they made him a Jedi Knight? Oh, this was definitely planned. He did that with. Full consent then. Mm -hmm. Like they were going to claim he was a rogue element, but then they just they just gave him rewards. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. Dumb garbage. Kipteron is the worst. Probably a terrible idea to have her make that point in this book, because all you do is go, whoa, Tavira's got a really good point and she's got a bigger point than she thinks she does. Yeah. But instead, she's just like, I can see your dick because your robe wasn't closed, and I'm sad it's not a boner because I'm here. You're like, okay, all right, that's... And I'd love to stay and bone with you, but I have things to take care of. Now, Mm -hmm. go catch that Jedi for me, and also, go kill Knive. I really like that part where where he's like, um, you want me to what now? Go capture and kill fucking Luke Skywalker. And he's like, I'm a pilot, and I'm I'm just some fucking guy. You think I can kill Luke Skywalker? She's like, you better. And you have like six days to do it. Also, go kill fucking Captain Knife. He's gotten weak and I want you in charge of his outfit. Yeah. He's, he got all sad and weak after you made a ghost appear to him. So, uh, get rid of him. <laughs> and at this point, okay. Then she strides out and we're like, all right, well, now we have a new ticking clock. Yeah. Um, And we we have a situation where he needs to figure out a way to evolve to solve that situation. So he's like, well, it's easy for me to kill the Jedi because I am the Jedi. I could just stop doing it and say I killed him. But what I'll do instead is have the Jedi kill me. Oh, yeah. That'll get me out of everything. Because at this point, he's like, all right, people, I'm going to go back to the point where people know and respect me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put a huge bounty on this guy's head. I'm going to basically do the same thing that Shala did. And then I'm like, I've got a plan. I've got a trap. I'm going to go after this guy. I know what I'm doing. And so he's like, yeah, I'm going to make it seem like I'm super competent. I'm super badass. Mm -hmm. And then when, you know, this Jedi kills me, then everyone will be shaken. And that'll be like the last nail in the coffin. And all these pirates will leave. And I'm like, great, you solved the problem of this planet having a lot of pirates on it. But now Tavira thinks you're dead. So you'll never be able to ask her where your wife is, which is the point of the book. (laughs) So... He does not worry himself with that (laughs) and instead is like, all right, time for me to put this plan into motion. I've already upped the uh, reward on this guy's head. Mm -hmm. I've already seeded the idea that I'm looking for him and that I've got some plan and some trap. And then he's like, okay, it's time to make an appearance as Batman Mm -hmm. and rough up the bar. I usually go to and be like, I heard I was looking for me. Tell him I'll fucking kill him. If I see him, I'll fucking, I accept I accept his challenge, it'll fucking kill him. Bye. Yeah. Same warehouse at the same time. And then when he leaves, he sees five people who are obviously out Jedi hunting. And he's yeah, like, because oh. Because that's been a thing now. He's yeah. like, oh, sometimes people will go in groups to be like, Let's go try and hunt a Jedi for that reward. Yeah. So he sees five people and he's like, oh, Jedi hunters. So he runs to the alley and tries to do the alley trick again. He's like, but I'm it, just going to make it seem like I'm running in the opposite direction. It None does, of them look at his illusion. It, all of them look at him. It does nothing. He has no effect on them. He's like, shit, fuck. So he runs and he's like, what the fuck is this? Is it a and whole I'll, squad of aliens? Is this her advisors? Yeah. He was like, all right. Uh, they didn't look at that, but I'll make it. So I'll run and that they don't see me run. Nope. Still keep coming after him. He's like, all right, fine. Takes out the lightsaber and he's like. You guys don't want none of this. I got a lightsaber and I'm too cool for school. And then they all have lightsabers. All five of them. And they all five have different colors. They do blue and yellow and white and And purple purple and gray and (laughs) russet and gold. (laughs) a whole rainbow of lightsabers in front of him. And he's like, fuck, shit. What the fuck is this? What is happening? But my first thought was like, well, if you're going to send out a team to hunt a Jedi that primarily kills people or hurts people by using illusions, which is what everyone who comes out of these, like the woman who knocked herself unconscious on an invisible or not their wall is going to be like, there was a fake wall. Eventually, the whole illusion story is going to spread. Send robots, send, nah. send droids, send assassin droids. They're a known quantity. Aww. Send lots and lots of assassin droids. It'll work fine. Send two HK 47s. They'll get them. But no, a, a rainbow of lightsaber. And he's like, well, shit, I'm facing a rainbow of, of yeah. Jedi hunting Jedi. And then that ends the chapter. But can we just, can we just say what the fucking obvious it is that that's the, that that's the cast of Yavin four. What? That is clearly the cast of, that's the Yavin four group. That's the school. Is it? Yes. One hundred. I'm make this clear. I have not read any further ahead this time. I did not read the next chapter by accident. And even though I read this book when I was like 14, I have no recollection of anything in it. That is for sure. The the uh, the Yavin four kids. Huh? No I, way. It isn't. They all have their own colors of lightsaber. I immediately was just like, oh, obviously this is Tavira's fucking force using advisors. I think she has one. And uh and this is five people, and I'm gonna go ahead and guarantee that he wanted to include the Jedi school at the end of this book, and that's who this is. It's Dorsk, it's it's uh uh what's his name? The guy who can only it's streen, it's Teon, it's Cam. It's them. Oh, uh, I give you my my solid word as a g as a person who can see obvious plot points coming through. Uh uh great. Yeah, so just just saying it's kind of depressingly obvious. <laughs> Although, again, his plot-based illusion power is so sad to me. Yeah, well, the other reason I think it's them is because his whole deal is like, remember when he was when he was telling Elagos, like, I can't just send e- Luke Skywalker an email, I'll get caught? But what he did do instead was cause m- hundreds of thousands of pirates to flee this planet in terror and then go tell their various stories in cantinas all over the galaxy, uh, which means that it's definitely gotten to the information gatherers of the Republic by now, which means it's gotten to Luke by now. I guess. I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but that's exactly what fucking happened. (laughs) Well, I mean, join us in a week to find out. (laughs) If we learn if reading like 18 Star Wars books in a row means that we might actually be entitled to write them now. I mean... I'm pretty sure anyone is entitled to write a Star Wars book after having read these. I mean, we can ask our publisher. Like, yeah, I know technically we work for Adams Media and they have nothing to do with Lucasfilm or Disney or whatever. But, hey, you know, maybe they've got connections. Let's let us write a Star Wars novel. Give me a Star Wars book. How bad could it be? This bad? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I see. I've seen what your floor of quality is. I can hit that. I've seen what you publish. So don't <laughs> act like you're high and mighty i've read stuff that we haven't even done on the show like the fart I've, wedding i've read shit that'll turn you white <laughs> the fart wedding that's a real fucking thing in a real fucking star wars book it is so anyway uh yeah tune in next week to find out how right i obviously am <laughs> uh now of course if you don't want to wait a week you can always go over to patreon.com slash system mastery join us <laughs> at the two dollar level and we will have more content for you, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we go uh, to Wikipedia. We find some stuff. We tell each other. We tell you. Mm-hmm. We we get weird little stories, stuff from the the nooks and crannies. We really floss out the nasty bits of Star Wars. If we look at the English muffin that is Star Wars and, and pry all that jelly out of the nooks and crannies just for you. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the English muffin that is Star Wars. <laughs> uh well you know whatever it's at the two dollar level at patreon.com slash system mastery and i would really appreciate it if uh you would stop on by there and support us you get so much great content not only you get that star wars content but it gets you the uh system mastery bonus content episodes as well and you can also bump your pledge to five to get even more stuff the monthly afterthought and the uh bi-weekly tv mastery where uh we are doing all kind oh boy we have to do that this weekend. I have no idea what it's going to be. I know. A mystery is afoot. I know. <laughs> I already guessed what you were going to do it the first time. I bet I can do it again. <laughs> is it TV? <laughs> I am the master prognosticator. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so thank you all for joining us. We will, of course, be back. If you want to leave us a five-star rating or a nice little written thing, that'd be great. You don't have to, but we love it. And uh, until next time, I've been Elan Sleazebagano, and I am definitely the kids from Yavin 4.